You are looking live at chicken dinner. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. I think I'll take two chickens. Go on riverboat gambling trips. You're gonna die for some chickens. Hey, what's your chicken dinner? Someone is. It was feathers yesterday, there was no chicken. What you got riding on this game? My daughter. What a gambler. It's chicken dinner. Hey, Babalugas, we got a bet here. Here's your host, Sam Panianovich. It's called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner right there, boys. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. How about that? Uh, away we go. Chicken Dinner, Thursday, November 24th, 2022. Happy Thanksgiving. Follow on Twitter, at ChickenXDinner. DM's always open for you. And subscribe so you get this gobble-gobble once it goes live. First of all, very thankful for you. Very thankful for this program, this platform, and all the interactions we've had over the last six years on Chicken Dinner. It's been amazing. This is still my favorite thing to do every week. Sometimes twice a week, depending on the schedule, but chicken dinner is a labor of love, and I am so happy to be able to do this and interact with all of you. So that's number one. Number two, we will be joined by Chris Thurston, Sports Map Radio and The Hustle Show on today's episode. Massachusetts sports betting continues to drag. I had to drive 90 minutes down to Connecticut last weekend to make some World Cup bets on the Golden Ball, drive all the way back 90 minutes. I'm in the car for three hours to make bets. It sucks. So we'll talk about that. Chris loves the Pats tonight in Minnesota and Tom Brady's path to the postseason. We all know the Bucks are going to rip off a bunch of wins down the stretch. They'll win the NFC South and spoil somebody's weekend in the NFL playoffs. I was ready yesterday to fire a college basketball future. And those that follow this show and read the work on Nesson and Fox know that last November, late November, I decided to pop Kansas to win the whole enchilada. Winbet had a 20 to 1. You know, some people were able to get that. Some paperheads had 18 to 1. But I sent out 16 to 1 because I thought, look, Kansas is loaded. They've got six guys that can put the ball in the bucket. Bill Self, really good coach. They defend well. Kansas was the move. Well, I'm ready to go. Texas, outstanding defensive team. I think they're the best defense in the country. Definitely a top five, top ten defense. No doubt about it. Length, wingspan, rotation, they are rock solid on defense. But what I like to do is, rather than fire future bets before the season, I like to watch these teams play a couple of games. And I'll be totally honest with you. I wanted to put this out a week ago. After they played Gonzaga. But I didn't want to look like a prisoner of the moment. And I was on You Better You Bet, Bet QL Daily, talking about Texas a couple weeks ago. I really like this team because I always look for basketball teams that have the ability or the potential to be top 20 offensive and defensive teams. I wasn't sure about their offense, though. And then they scored 93 in Gonzaga's eyeball last Wednesday. 93-74. They have been picking through the transfer portal, and that's what the good programs do these days. But you look at Texas's roster, their stats, if you will. They brought in Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State. He's leading the bunch, 16 points per game. But then they go Marcus Carr, 14 points per game. Dylan DeSue, the transfer from Vandy, he's at 10 per game. Sir Jabari Rice, 10 per game. Dylan Mitchell, 8 per game. Arterio Morris, 7 per game. Timmy Allen, 7 per game. They are deep. They can score. They don't rely on just one player. 
and the glue that holds the whole thing together. One of the best coaches in the country, Chris Beard. You may remember Chris Beard from past runs to the NCAA tournament at Texas Tech. And he took the Red Raiders all the way to the title game before losing to Virginia in 2019. That was it. I said, you know what? Everything's here. Every box for me is checked. Now, you know that betting college basketball futures is the ultimate dice roll. Very, very hard to hit the nail on the head. I've been doing this a long time. I think I've picked the champion before the season or you know, before Thanksgiving twice, maybe three times. I've had some runners-up, no doubt. Illinois in 05, Gonzaga in 2017. I really like this team, though. If you shop around on Texas, you can still find multiple 15-to-1s. Caesars has 15-to-1. William Hill has 15-to-1. And you have to shop around. And we'll talk about that in just a second, the importance of shopping around and what happens when you do shop around if you play with hot accounts. But I'm typing in Texas right now on the prop shop, ftnbets.com. Great resource. You put in a team, and it gives you the odds at the American books, as I call them. The DraftKings, FanDuel, Points, Bet, Caesars, MGM, all that jazz. Caesars 15 to 1, DraftKings 14, Points, Bet 14, FanDuel 12, MGM 12. And then I was looking at a couple places in Vegas. Superbook has 12, Circa has 13. Obviously, not that big of a difference. Um, but there's, you know, something to be said about betting 500 at 12 to 1 and 500 at 15 to 1. We're talking, you know, a nice chunk of money. So get the right price. And then I also put out Texas to reach the final four, which points bet still has at 5 to 1. Um, DraftKings 4 to 1, FanDuel 3 to 1. So that's, again, more disparity. I think they're going to get hot make a run, and that defense is going to be very, very tough to crack inside March Madness. So that's the move. Texas Longhorns to win the national championship and to make the Final Four. I wasn't expecting this tweet to take off the way it did. I'm looking at the impressions right now. Over 140,000 impressions, 3,300 engagements. It's been all over the place since yesterday at 4.30 Eastern. And here's the tweet. I'm sure you've seen it. At SP Shoot. My buddy just deposited a dime into an American sports book to bet a college basketball future. Wink, wink. He tried to hit a team in full at 18-1 to win the national title. The book countered back with 250, then lowered the price to 12-1 to after taking the bet. Coward bookmaking at its finest. And I stand by that. Look, these sports books spend millions of dollars to get their garbage on television, NFL commercials, halftime, they're sponsoring all this content, they're bragging about paying out $80,000 on same-game parlays, you name it. It's money, 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 money. However, when a sharp player or a hot account somebody that wins, moves markets, beats closing line, when that person tries to bet $1,000 on a college basketball future in November, they get denied. They get the wheel, rejection, counteroffer, sometimes just flat denial. 
And that's what happened. You know, the same buddy that I called last year and said, hey, I want a nickel on Kansas. Give me 500 at 20 to 1. We were able to get that through. Well, this is the account. So he says, I want about 1,000, 18 to 1. Fuck off. We're going to counter you to 250. So then, all right, we took the bet, got the price, 18 to 1. And then 30 seconds later, that market gets affected because they take the information from the winning player and change the odds. That sucks. Just take the bet. It's not a lot of money, relatively speaking. $18,000? You can't afford to pay out $18,000 in a college basketball future market? Come on, what are we doing? And I'm sure you've seen some of the responses, people telling me, I made this up, I'm lying, I'm not sharp, I don't have sharp friends, you're a fraud. It's like, okay, yeah, because I would make this up. Why would I make this up? This happens all the time. All the time. In fact, if you can make a $1,000 bet at a DraftKings points bet, FanDuel, MGM, whatever, Caesars, <laughs> you're not sharp. <laughs> That's full admission there. If they're taking your dime, you're doing something wrong. And then I got, you know, all these losers on social media. I, I know people say, don't worry about it. Just block them and move on. I mean, I give a specific detailed account of something that just happened. And people go, that didn't happen, you fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, pal. Leave mom's basement every once in a while. Join the real world. And I just, you know, the threats. Oh, yeah, yeah, you think you know what you're doing? I'll show up to Boston right now. I'll be at the studio at Ness and waiting for you. Because I told a story about my friend not being able to get down on a team. Mm, yep. Wait till they show up in their socks and sandals and their fucking Oakley sunglasses. And I walk out and I'm 6'2", 220. Hey, love the show. Yeah, things would change real quick. But this stinks that if you win, if you move markets, if you move lines like these guys do, and I think those that follow my content know that I talk to some pretty heavy hitters. The Telegram chat with Cajun Wolf. I'm doing stuff with RAS now and Adam Chernoff. I work with a lot of people that know what they're doing. I don't think I'm sharp, but I know sharp people. CBP doesn't know anybody sharp. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Moving along. I have to move on from this one. One of the worst beats of the NFL season. Jets plus three and a half. <laughs> it's three to three with a minute to go. Fourth quarter. Oh, I still can't believe it. The punt return in the final, what, 15 seconds. The Jets decide to punt it inbounds, not out of bounds. Guy runs it back, several blocks in the back. They don't get called. And 3-3 three to three becomes 10-3. to three. My ticket on 3.5 is a loser. The exclamation point to a brutal weekend in the Super Contest. We came in tied for 34th. Now we're tied for 140th. Zero, four, and one. And as I've talked about on this program, I think it was a month ago, had a tough week in the contest. One and four, or one, three, and one. Now you have to hurdle the mentals. 
because when you go 0-4-1, everything becomes tougher. You're not seeing the ball well. It's a major league player who's hitting a buck 90 and just needs a hit in the worst of ways, can't get it. Thinking fastball, here comes the curveball. I look at this board now, and it's like sideways. It's blurry. It's like I took a psychedelic, and I'm like spinning around in circles. Here's where I'm at right now. And I haven't even made any picks this week. I will. Don't worry. I'll make some picks probably today and tomorrow uh, heading into the weekend. But I've circled the Texans plus 13.5 and, and the Giants plus 10. That's where I'm at. After an 0-4-1 week, my resolution is pick the worst teams. <laughs> well, the Giants aren't one of the worst teams, but pick the biggest numbers. Ugh, it's tough. It's extremely tough as somebody who has to be right for a living. 55, 56, 57% of the time. It's extremely tough for me to be wrong about a lot in a very small sample size. To have these weekends where you go 0-3 or 0-4. Sucks. It's part of the game. I would, trust me, I love this job and this career, but it still sucks to be wrong about so much in a very small sample size. As for the leans, I just told you, Texans, lean of the Giants. I also really like this under in Chicago, New York, Bears-Jets. I don't think Justin Fields is playing. The line has basically reflected that thought because Chicago was four, four-and-a-half point dogs. Now it's six. The total has come down. You know, it was 40 early in the week, like Monday, Tuesday. Now we're at 38, 38 and a half. I'm going to guess it's Trevor Simeon against Joe Flacco. Maybe Mike White. Where does the offense come from? Chicago's offense has been sort of unleashed because they have a freak at quarterback from another planet. He can run around you, through you, over you. And then when you have to account for the quarterback spy, it opens up the middle of the field, makes the passing game easier. Now you stick a stiff behind center and see what happens. The Jets' defensive line is very good. We know that. I've seen that for weeks. I mean, they just beat Buffalo. They should have beaten New England. That's a good D-line. Chicago's not going to move the ball. And the Jets aren't good either on offense. This is probably like 13-10, to 17-13. Even with a pick six, there's probably wiggle room. So I do like the under there. And then in college football, look, I know we telegrammed um, Utah plus two and a half, <laughs> lost by three. Again, playing into this oh-so-close nonsense. Bo Nix is clearly hurt. He didn't even rush for positive yardage against Utah. And he wasn't good through the air either. But Cameron Rising, second time this year, he has just choked on a big one. He did it in the opener against Florida, and he did it again against Oregon. God, that team. That Utah team, they're so punchy and feisty, and they're good in the underdog role. But when they need to win a game as a favorite, last five years, they blow. What am I getting at? Oregon State at home, plus three. I make these teams equal on a neutral. So Oregon State should probably be minus two, minus three. Wrong team is favored, in my opinion, in this game. I'll probably be on the Beavers plus three. And look, Blake Corum being banged up for Michigan is a huge deal. 
you rewind to last year when Michigan at home in the snow pounded Ohio State. They controlled the line of scrimmage behind a great offensive line, a great defensive line, and two running backs. Remember, two-headed monster, Corum and Hassan Haskins. Well, Haskins is gone. Corum is hurt with a knee injury. Is he going to play? Maybe. Is he going to be effective? Probably not. Aiden Hutchinson's gone. Two of those linemen are gone on offense. The physicality is not the same as it was last season. And I looked at the forecast in Columbus. It's going to be 50, sunny, no rain, no wind. That's perfect for Ohio State and the passing game. I'm probably going to lay 7.5 with Ohio State. That's probably the move. So those are my leans on a Thursday morning. Texans, Giants, Oregon State, Ohio State, and again, the under in the Jets and Bears game. Two more quick things before we get to Chris Thurston. I was looking at the season win totals I put out before the season in college football. Utah over nine, eight and three. Two gag jobs. They can still get there, though. Nine and three, very possible. That's a push, hopefully. Nebraska under seven and a half, three and eight. Check mark. Clemson over 10 and a half, 10 and one right now. Double-digit favorites against South Carolina. I'm hopeful. Southern Miss over five and a half. They are five and six, three-point favorites this week. Northwestern over four, meow, one and 10. Arkansas under seven and a half. Ching. Six and five, not going to get to eight. So if everything breaks my way, Utah will push, Nebraska winner, Clemson winner, Southern Miss winner, Northwestern loss, Arkansas win. 4-1-1 one, and one on six win totals. I will take that every single time. No doubt about it. And the last thing. I want to go back and bring this full circle to the Twitter conversations that I always find myself in because, look, I like my freedom of speech. I don't have it to the fullest as I used to. Because if I say the wrong thing, somebody screenshots it, sends it to Deadspin or whatever, and then it's over. But, you know, people that threaten me on Twitter are just fucking cowards, especially when they threaten and then block. And really, this one was um, something that started so minor. It was my tweet on Sunday. Mac Jones stinks. Zach Wilson stinks. This game stinks. The end. Jimmy Murray from the Sports Hub got a hold of it, retweeted it. I think Dan Livshatz retweeted it. 190 retweets, 2,000 likes, 146 responses. You know, most of the stuff is fun and playful. And, I, you know, I go back and forth all the time. It's one of my favorite things to do. You stink. Your mother stinks. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. But I have these lunatic Patriot fans that because I say Mac Jones stinks, which he does, by the way, he's awful. Can't get the ball in the end zone. Like, oh, oh, we've got he threw for 250 yards. Really? That's the benchmark now? Quarterbacks are throwing for 300, 350, 400. Wow, he threw for 250? Woo! Dancing in the streets. How many points did he score? Oh, well, that's not his fault. <laughs> right. Okay, we can slurp on him for throwing for 250 yards. But when it comes to the Patriots not crossing the goal line, oh, that's not his fault. That's the coordinator's fault or the receiver's fault or the offensive line's fault. 
Got it. Got it. Let's move the goalposts a little more. So I get this guy, Sully. Sully, of all people, who's been sliding into my DMs for over a year asking me for gambling advice and asking me if I like his bets. It's always those people, the helpless ones, that go, hey, what do you think about Chiefs minus seven and a half? Hey, do you like the over now? It's moved four points. Of course it was Sully. It was always you, Sully. So this guy just gets into the DMs and starts unloading years of childhood trauma. I'm just going to give you the cliff notes here. You know, he comes in hot, blah, 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 and I respond because, again, I can't say what I want to say. I go, you are softer than Mac Jones' noodle arm. Such a tough guy on the internet. You're a pussy. You would never talk shit in person. Look at you. I said, you aren't going to do anything either. And then he says, quote, Worst thing you can do is talk shit to someone who has nothing to lose. I'm back home in Boston. Often watch your back. Fucking pussy. I responded, I'm not scared of you. So he's going to show up the Nesson and, you know, shank me in the side or whatever. He's not going to do anything. He lives in Colorado or something. But it's like, you say all that stuff to somebody who's been literally trying to help you win bets? Like, how backwards is that? And then the best part, when he realizes what he's done after, you know, a couple fucking drinks with umbrellas in him at the Lakewood Country Club or whatever with his socks and sandals, he blocks me. So threat followed by block. Total beta move. But this is what I deal with. This is what I get for doing all my content for free and answering your direct messages and your questions and going back and forth on bets and trying to make you a better better. This is what I have to put up with. And that's when it sucks. But Sully's gone into the wind. Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't even know how it happened. But I stand by everything I said. Mac Jones stinks. Period. Joining us again on Chicken Dinner, they know him on the streets as C.T. Betts. He's a host for SportsMap Radio, Diehards Radio, and the Hustle Show podcast, part of the Wager Talk family. Chris Thurston, um, your Bears covered against TCU, but I still don't think that made you happy. Well, first of all, Sammy, thanks for having me. It's uh, good to be back. Um, yeah, this past Saturday, as a fan, it was a tough one. Um, I have Baylor pretty much dominated that whole game, but great teams cover, and uh, <laughs> oh, I just screwed that up. <laughs> Good teams win, great teams cover. Good teams win, great teams cover is what I was going for. It's been a long morning already, um, so Baylor does get the cash there, um, and Baylor falls short at home where I thought it was going to be a good spot for them. It was a good spot for them, and I thought Aranda would have them uh, ready to play, which he did. Um, and they just caught unlucky there at the end. I thought TCU was going to run out of time, to be honest with you. And they, they come flying out and the clock's ticking and they kick a field goal and, uh, and win. I thought Baylor was going to be able to ruin Sonny Dyke's, uh, perfect season, but, um, they, they fell a little bit short. So that was a, that was a tough one, but the bet cash. So that's all that matters. No doubt about it. A couple weird finishes, not only in college, but the NFL this week. I'm still trying to recover from Jets plus three and a half. That was a nightmare. Um, but let's talk about something that's uh, still pretty weird to me. You and I met 
summer of 2021. And the hope when we met was that we'd be able to go bet the Super Bowl, NFL playoffs, March Madness. We could go somewhere in Massachusetts by, you know, early 2022 and bet games. And we still, as I look at my calendar, November 22nd, 2022, we still cannot fucking bet here. It's mind-blowing, Sammy. I, I don't understand it. We've talked about this since we met. The amount of money the state is losing out on is astronomical. Every other state in New England around us has been legalized, and here we are still just holding the bag. Uh, I don't get it. We just had the election here. There will be a new governor, so I don't know if that's going to come into play here. But, yeah, I watched the games on uh, this past Saturday on Court Casino, which is beautiful. They have the sports book all done. They have the ticket windows in, and they across the ticker, it says sports book coming this winter. Well, Sammy, here we are, and it's uh, Thanksgiving, <laughs> Thanksgiving week. But I mean, it feels like winter to me out there. It's pretty freaking cold, and uh, it is still not legalized. You had to go down to Connecticut this past weekend. I've made numerous trips down to Rhode Island so far this year. It's uh, it's very very annoying. I, I know you're kind of you're more dialed in on um, the subject than, than me here, and we're just sitting here with you know our thumb up our ass and watching other states around us. Make all kinds of money here. I, I don't get it. I hate the drives. And, yeah, I needed to bet a FanDuel number, a couple actually, because DraftKings had 30-1, to 1, FanDuel had 60-1, to 1, and it's worth the drive to me. Do I want to drive 90 minutes down and 90 minutes back? No. But if I'm betting $100, why am I betting 30 when I can bet 60? My big issue out here, and I'm kind of peeling back the curtain on chicken dinner, is that I can't have an illegal bookie. It's just not worth it because if I go down, that's bad. If I go up and don't get paid, that's even worse. Like, it's lose-lose for me. So I am just in no man's land. I need this so bad. And then what I'm really looking forward to, Chris, is when you and I get limited at the win or at Barstool or whatever – we're going to blast them on Twitter. <laughs> hopefully hopefully they'll start taking bigger bets from us. Oh, I, it's going to happen within two weeks. I, I agree. I, I can't wait for that to happen. That's going to be great, and we will just blast them. Uh, yeah, we, we're getting limited left and right here. There's not enough places to play. Um, you know, These books don't like to take uh, early action and, and sharp action, and that's when we like to make plays, Sammy, is at the beginning of the week. That's where you're going to get the most value uh, on these games. I've got to ask you about your Patriots here. They are only a three-point dog on Thanksgiving against Minnesota. It's a very weird game. I mentioned off the top of this call, I had Jets plus three and a half. It was the right side. I don't give a damn that it lost. It was the right side, right bet, punt in the final minute, return for a touchdown, a couple blocks in the back just for good measure. I lose that bet. But now the books are sort of like, eh, let's hang three because Minnesota just got rolled by Dallas in Minnesota. The Patriots keep winning games ugly. This look-ahead line a month ago is Minnesota five and a half, six. Now it's Minnesota three on the road, Thanksgiving night, prime time. Primetime Kirk Cousins. There's a lot of variables in this game, and I don't even know what I like yet. Do you? 
Yeah, I actually uh, made a play on this game already, and, and I don't disagree with you. Jets were the right side of that game. I laid off the full game. I did bet the Patriots minus two and a half second half, um, but they should not. I mean, they, you got a bad call there. It was a block in the back, and the Patriots should have won, ended up winning by three. Um, even though they, they went back and they l- looked at it, the league said they got it right. I, I don't know how they can say that. Um, as terrible as the Patriots' offense looked, they, they did move the ball downfield. They just couldn't get anything going inside the, inside the 30, right? And uh, Nick Folk misses a couple field goals uh, with, the, with the huge win down in Foxborough that he usually makes. Um, and on the other hand, like Minnesota, they were just held up, I think, like 180 total yards. Um, Sugar man Kirk Cousins, uh, primetime Kirk, he's on the ground uh, half the game, being sacked seven times. And uh, their stud wide receiver, uh, Jefferson, he's contained for three for 33. And uh, both these teams, are, they're fighting some key injuries here. It looks like the Pats are going to be without their starting center, David Andrews. Um, they're going to lose another key piece on the line here with Isaiah Wynn. Both are very concerning uh, to me for the Patriots. Although Ferentz did a decent job coming in for, for Andrews this past Sunday. Uh, we'll, we'll see what this brings on Thursday night, but I think the Vikings are without uh, a few more important key uh, starters, and that's uh, starting with standout uh, starting offensive tackle, Christian Darshaw. I think this is going to be very concerning if you're back in the Vikes here. I, I don't know who's going to be able to keep Matt Judon out of Kirk Cousins' face. This is going to be essentially, I think Judon will be able to break free get and make some noise right in front of uh, primetime Kirk there and uh, cause some trouble for this uh, non-existent as of last weekend Minnesota Vikings offense. Uh, last week, the Cowboys were my best bet of the week. I said the Vikings will come down back to earth here and that uh, they wouldn't be able to pull another rabbit out of their hat, and I was spot on. I'm going against the Vikes again uh, on Turkey Day. On uh, Thursday night, the Turkey finale here, I think Bill will have the team ready to go. I grab the three here for on feast day. Give me the give me the points, and won't be surprised if New England wins the game outright. Yeah, threes are disappearing down to two and a half at a lot of shops. What's the final score? Give me the first final score that comes into your head. I'm going 24-14 New England here. Wow. Okay, so you're under 42 then too. See, that's sort of what I was thinking. Bet against Cousins, bet against Mac Jones. Who I I don't care. I will fight people on Twitter all day long. Mac Jones stinks. I don't care that he threw for 250 <laughs> yards. People are like, oh, my, 250 yards. Like, that's a big deal. People are throwing for 300 and 350 routinely. He throws for 250 without a single point offensively, and people are ready to gargle his balls. And I'm just so <laughs> sick of it. I'm under, I think, 42 and a half. I just went on a rant there. I apologize. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I saw the, the Twitter back and forth on, on Sunday there. I, I don't, we were texting a little bit. I don't disagree. I don't think Matt Jones is the answer for this New England Patriots team here. And, uh, you know, the two, the throwing for the 250, it's a little deceiving. Uh, you know, he's throwing a lot of slants. Uh, you know, the wide receivers and the running backs are, are gaining a lot of yards uh, on the catches there. And they kind of abandoned the running game on, on Sunday, which was kind of interesting because not really like the Patriots there. And they kind of let them throw more than, more than usual. So I was surprised on that. Um, I do think the offense will be better on Thursday night. 
But I'm with you, man. This offense has been anemic all year long, and it's the defense that's keeping the Patriots in, in every game and in, you know, in the playoff hunt as well. That's the first time I've ever gargled the microphone on chicken dinner. That was a part of history. I hope you appreciated that. Um, let's go to college football here. What do we do with TCU? Do we lay 10? Do we take 10? Stay away? That team is so close to the college football playoff. I know that they had a tough one last week, but Iowa State is not good. And I have a feeling this will be a spot where people are going to keep betting against TCU like they have been for a month. And TCU could win thirty-eight to seven. That's my fear. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Uh, up until last week, Sammy, I was I was losing a lot of money betting against TCU uh, throughout the the year. I thought every single weekend for the past five six weeks, well, this is going to be the weekend where uh, TCU packs it in and lays an egg here. And I've been I've been extremely wrong on it until until this past Saturday, where Baylor uh, almost knocked them off. And gets the cover. Matt Campbell does not have the same team that you're used to seeing uh, year in and year out. I do got to say the, the defense has been elite for Iowa State. So they can keep them in this game. But this would be either TCU or pass for me. I'm not in a rush to grab these 10 points with, uh, with the slight cones on the road and TCU firing on all cylinders. TCU needs to win this game, even though they are already in the Big 12 championship. They got to run the table uh, in order to get it in the college football playoff. And you got to think that uh, Sonny Dykes will have these boys ready to go with, uh, with that emotions uh, going for to get into the, the college football playoff here, Sammy. So that's either TCU or pass for me. What do you do with the big game? It's Ohio State trying to avenge a loss from last season. Michigan won the game in the snow, ran the ball extremely well, knocked Ohio State out of the college football playoff picture. Now the game is in Columbus. Ohio State's about a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, total 57. All eyes, obviously, on Blake Corum, Michigan star running back who left last week's game with a knee injury. I don't know if he's playing. I guess we'll find that out later in the week. But what do you do early um, lean-wise with Ohio State, Michigan? Yeah, it's like you said, uh, it all depends on Corum here for me as well. We're not sure if he's going to get the go, but both of these teams uh, last week had a little bit of a scare, right? Michigan, Illinois played a great game. You're, you're fighting Illini uh, and took them right down to the wire. Michigan had to creep back in and barely get the win by two there. And Maryland, uh, to his brother, they hung tough with, uh, with Ohio State. You got to think that Ryan Day has had this, uh, this marked on his calendar ever since a year ago when uh, the Wolverines finally uh, beat, uh, beat Ohio State and not only beat them, took it to them. Right now, early lean here, I, I got to feel like you, you got to take the points in this one. Michigan, they've been a lot better than people expected this year. They, they didn't expect Michigan to be uh, this well informed here. And uh, Harbaugh has had them ready to play. They've had some really impressive wins here. Took it to Penn State. It wasn't really ever a game. And uh, both undefeated teams here, this is going to be a big playoff in uh, college football playoff indicator here. I want to wait and see what happens with uh, with Blake. But uh, McCarthy has been great as a sugar man for, for Michigan. Uh, so right now I lean towards grabbing those points with the Wolverines, Sammy. It's Tuesday, very early in the week. College football card, though, I know you have it out and ready, and I'm sure there's marks all over the page. Um, what's your favorite 
college football play as we do this days before the weekend? Yeah, so I have one here that I've already locked in. It's moved a little bit, uh, but not too much. And that's uh, I'll head to a game with uh, some serious college football playoff implications. And that's when the, the Irish take on the USC Trojans Saturday night here. And I, I bet the opener in this one. I grabbed the six points uh, with Marcus Freeman and the, and the Irish. They, uh, they were sl- uh, sluggish early part of the season, as we know. They had a slip-up versus Marshall. Um, but they've ripped off five straight wins, Sammy, and some pretty good ones against some top ACC teams, two of which that are, that are going to play for the ACC championship. That's UNC and Clemson. Uh, but also, on the other hand, Lincoln Riley has made some noise in his first season here. Uh, he comes in 10-1 overall record here, clinched the berth in the Pac-12 uh, championship game last week when he beat Rival on the road, uh, UCLA. But I think Drew Pine has done a good job as the trigger man for the Irish. He's, uh, he's been solid. I like the way he's evolved here. ND did struggle on D a couple of weeks ago in, against Navy. But they're coming off a nice uh, shutout performance against a banged-up um, Boston College offense. Uh, you look at USC, one of the best offenses in the nation with Caleb Williams. He's the you know front top two uh, Heisman into this weekend here with Stroud. And this game comes down to defense here. I, I think the we all know the USC offense is outstanding, but their their defense just isn't. They've given up uh, some big time points this year to subpar teams like 35 to Cal, 37 to Arizona. I like Marcus Freeman and the Irish to give the Trojans. All they can handle here, and I grabbed the points in this one. I played on ND plus six. Looks like it moved a little bit. You could grab uh, some five and a half. So for the sake of the show, I'll give out ND plus five and a half as my best bet here. All righty, let's go to your old buddy, Tom Brady. I'm looking at the Buccaneers' schedule. This is not a question about this weekend. It's just a vision that I have. Tampa Bay has sucked this season, given where they should be and where they are. Five and five, though. Chris, here are their final seven games. At Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. At home against the Saints, Andy Dalton. At San Fran, that's probably a loss. But then it's at home against Cincy without Jamar Chase maybe. At Arizona, maybe without Kyler Murray. At home against Carolina against P.J. Walker or Baker Mayfield. And then they wrap up the season at Atlanta. Marcus Mariota without Kyle Pitts. Patterson will probably be hurt. They're going to have the home game, and then you know they're going to spoil somebody's weekend in the playoffs. Some wild card team is going to go into Tampa and get pounded. I was just talking about this uh, with our good mutual friend, Kelly Stewart, the other day. I could not agree more. Tom Brady, will they'll win the division. The schedule works out perfectly at the end for them, and they will absolutely spoil somebody's season and he will make some noise yet again, shockingly, in the playoffs uh, this year. I, I think you're spot on. I think they lose at San Fran. Uh, they'll probably slip up somewhere else. Maybe Cincinnati gives them a little trouble, although that game is at home. Um, you know, revenge game versus Carolina, not a blowout uh, earlier in the season there. So I'm sure Tom will have that marked on his calendar. I bet the. Uh, Brady and the Bucks to win this, uh, to win the whole thing here at the beginning of the year. So I'm hoping uh, Tom comes into uh, regular form here and uh, we'll get it rolling here. I don't disagree. I think the Bucks are uh, are going to be very terrifying come playoffs, and you're not going to want to face Brady and the Bucks um, postseason this year. And watch Gronk come back first week <laughs> of the playoffs. Gronk's out there running around. I just can't get over the fact that there are four teams priced lower 
than Tom Brady and the Bucks. Eagles, Niners, Vikings, Cowboys. I might only bet one of those teams against Tampa. And I'm looking at the standings right now. Tampa is the four. Dallas is the five. So that would be the first-round matchup. And then if that happens, the Bucks would go on and face what? Philadelphia or Minnesota in Philly. the next round. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what Philly – maybe Philly slips up a couple times. But either way, like sure. Brady going into Philly to face Jalen Hurts in the playoffs, I'm not betting Philly. No, I, I don't disagree at all. I'm not betting Philly either. And I don't think Philly or Minnesota, whatever team it, it would be, uh, is going to want to face, even though they'll have a home game, Tom Brady coming in there. I, I, the, the NFL is so – like it, it's not what it usually is talent-wise every year. It's a very down year for the NFL. Actually, Tom Brady said that came out and said that a couple of years ago. That's why you're seeing so many. Uh, you know, you thought the you thought the Bills were invincible. Everybody, everybody thought the Eagles were invincible. Now you're seeing uh, a lot of mediocre teams. You know, the, the Colts almost should have just beat the Eagles this past Sunday. Uh, the Bills, they've sw- slipped up a couple times in a row here. It's kind of wide open. Everybody said that there's only three or four teams that could win the, the Super Bowl this year. I disagree. Uh, I think that uh, Tampa is a team to be reckoned with uh, come playoffs here. So you're you're spot on. We're, we're aligned on that one, Sammy, big time. All right, week 12 NFL. Again, early, uh, you, you sort of said that you got a good number with Minnesota or uh, New England against Minnesota taking three. Um Sunday card is busy. There are a lot of big old spreads, 9, 14, 13. What are you doing Sunday, if anything, yet? You know, there's one that I keep staring at, and I haven't got the window on it. I I don't know if I hate myself enough to do it yet, and you're going to laugh at me because I I just went out of Circus Survivor on this team this past Thursday, and that's the Green Bay Packers. I'm staring at them Sunday night football. Uh, in Philadelphia, and Aaron Rodgers getting seven. He looked so bad this past Thursday, Sammy. I I really thought that they were going to start getting it going. Um, They had a nice win the week before. They beat Dallas, come back in the fourth quarter, and they get another home game versus Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, and they lay a complete egg. I'm thinking if I do get to the window here, I'm going to give Aaron Rodgers one more shot They're not totally dead here because of how bad the NFL has been, uh, especially the the NFC being so kind of wide open here. Um, So Green Bay plus seven is something that I'm looking at um, for the NFL card this weekend on top of the New England Patriots who have have already bet on Turkey Day plus three. Chris Thurston on Twitter at CTBets16, SportsMap Radio, Diehards Radio, Hustle Show Pod, hopefully – by March, we're able to go over to the Encore and bet on March Madness. I hope that's the case. Fingers crossed, toes crossed uh, that we can do that, but we'll probably have to go to Connecticut or some shit. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it won't be done by, by March Madness. This is Massachusetts. They call it Taxachusetts, Sammy, so you'd think they want to get some uh, some money flowing in like uh, they steal it out of our paychecks every single week. But what do you and I know? Obviously nothing. Nothing. I know nothing. Thank you, Chris, for making time. Thanks for having me, Sammy. Good luck. Happy Thanksgiving. That about does it for Chicken Dinner. Thanks to Chris Thurston for hopping on the show. We are down a little bit right now in football, minus 1.6 units. 0-3 on Chicken Dinner. Utah, plus 2.5, lost by 3.
Bo Nix, banged up. Didn't matter. Jets plus three and a half. <sighs> and Michigan, minus 17 and a half. Now that one was a dud. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. The food, the friendships, the family, the gravy, all that jazz. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Still trying to figure out who we're going to have on as a guest. But I hope you enjoy what the weekend brings. Cash your tickets. Make some money. We'll talk to you next week right here on Chicken Dinner. Broken dreams held together with